Homily 13 of Homilies on Ephesians by St. John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 13. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk, in the vanity of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feeling gave themselves up to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. These words are not addressed to the Ephesians only, but are now addressed also to you, and that not from me, but from Paul, or rather neither from me nor from Paul, but from the grace of the Spirit. And we then ought so to feel, as though that grace itself were uttering them. And now hear what it saith. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk, in the vanity of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart. If, then, it is ignorance, if it is hardening, why blame it? If a man is ignorant, it were just, not that he should be ill-treated for it, nor be blamed, but that he should be informed of those things of which he is ignorant. But mark how at once he cuts them off from all excuse. Who, being past feeling, saith he, gave themselves up to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye did not so learn Christ. Here he shows us that the cause of their hardening was their way of life, and that their life was the consequence of their own indolence and want of feeling. Who, being past feeling, saith he, gave themselves up. Whenever then ye hear that God gave them up unto a reprobate mind, remember this expression, that they gave themselves up. If then they gave themselves over, how did God give them over? And if again God gave them over, how did they give themselves over? Thou seest the seeming contradiction. The word gave them over, then, means this. He permitted them to be given over. Seest thou that the impure life is the ground for like doctrines also? Every one, saith the Lord, that doeth ill hateth the light, and cometh not to the light. For how could a profligate man, one more immersed in the practice of indiscriminate lewdness than the swine that wallow in the mire, and who is a lover of money, and has not so much as any desire after temperance, enter upon a life like this? They made the thing, saith he, their work, hence their hardening, hence the darkness of their understanding. There is such a thing as being in the dark, even while the light is shining, when the eyes are weak, and weak they become either by the influx of ill-humours, or by a superabundance of room. And so surely is it also here. When the strong current of the affairs of this life overwhelms the perceptive power of the understanding, it is thrown into a state of darkness, and in the same way as if we were placed in the depths under water, 
we should be unable to see the sun through the quantity of water lying like a sort of barrier above us so surely in the eyes of the understanding also a blindness of the heart takes place that is an insensibility whenever there is no fear to agitate the soul there is no fear of god it saith before his eyes and again the fool hath said in his heart there is no god now blindness arises from no other cause than from want of feeling this clogs the channel for whenever the fluids are curdled and collected into one place the limb becomes dead and void of feeling and though thou burn it or cut it or do what thou wilt with it still it feels not so is it also with those persons when they have once given themselves over to lasciviousness though thou apply the word to them like fire or steel yet nothing touches nothing reaches them their limb is utterly dead and unless thou canst remove the insensibility so as to touch the healthy members everything thou doest is vain with greediness saith he here he has most completely taken away their excuse for it was in their power if at least they chose it not to be greedy nor to be lascivious nor gluttonous and yet to enjoy their desires it was in their power to partake in moderation of riches and even of pleasure and of luxury but when they indulged the thing immoderately they destroyed all to work all uncleanness saith he ye see how he strips them of all excuse by speaking of working uncleanness they did not sin he means by making a false step but they worked out these horrid deeds and they made the thing a matter of study all uncleanness uncleanness is all adultery fornication unnatural lust envy every kind of profligacy and lasciviousness verses twenty and twenty one but ye did not so learn christ he continues if so be that ye heard him and were taught in him even as truth is in jesus the expression if so be that ye heard him is not that of one doubting but of one even strongly affirming as he also speaks elsewhere if so be that it is a righteous thing with god to recompense affliction to them that afflict you that is to say it was not for these purposes that ye learned christ verse twenty two that ye put away as concerning your former manner of life the old man this then surely is to learn christ to live rightly for he that lives wickedly knows not god neither is known of him for hear what he saith elsewhere they profess that they know god but by their works they deny him as truth is in jesus that ye put away as concerning your former manner of life the old man that is to say it was not on these terms that thou enterest into covenant what is found among us is not vanity but truth as the doctrines are true so is the life also sin is vanity and falsehood but a right life is truth for temperance is indeed truth 
for it has a great end, whereas profligacy ends in nothing. Which waxeth corrupt, saith he, after the lust of deceit. As his lust became corrupt, so himself also. How then do his lust become corrupt? By death all things are dissolved, for hear the prophet how he saith, in that very day his thoughts perish and not by death only but by many things besides for instance beauty at the advance of either disease or old age withdraws and dies away and suffers corruption bodily vigour again is destroyed by the same means nor does luxury itself afford the same pleasure in old age as is evident from the case of barzillai the history no doubt ye know or again in another sense lust corrupts and destroys the old man for as wool is destroyed by the very same means by which it is produced so likewise is the old man for love of glory destroys him and pleasures will often destroy him and lust will utterly deceive him for this is not really pleasure but bitterness and deceit all pretense and outward show the surface indeed of the things is bright but the things themselves are only full of misery and extreme wretchedness and loathsomeness and utter poverty take off the mask and lay bare the true face and thou shalt see the cheat for cheat it is when that which is appears not and that which is not is displayed and it is thus that impositions are effected. The Apostle delineates for us four men. Of these I shall give an explanation. In this place he mentions two, speaking thus, Putting away the old man, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. And in the epistle to the Romans, two more, as where he saith, but i see a different law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members and these latter bear affinity to those former two the new man to the inner man and the old man to the outer man however three of these four were subject to corruption or rather there are three the new man the old and this man in his substance and nature verse twenty three and that ye be renewed saith he in the spirit of your mind in order that no one may suppose that whereas he speaks of old and new he is introducing a different person observe his expression that ye be renewed to be renewed is when the selfsame thing which has grown old is renewed changed from one thing into the other so that the subject indeed is the same but the change is in that which is accidental just as the body indeed is the same and the change in that which is accidental so is it here how then is the renewal to take place in the spirit of your mind saith he whosoever therefore has the spirit will perform no old deed for the spirit will not endure old deeds in the spirit saith he of your mind that is in the spirit which is in your mind verse twenty four and put on the new man
seest thou that the subject is one but the clothing is twofold that which is put off and that which is put on the new man he continues which after god hath been created in righteousness and holiness of truth now wherefore does he call virtue a man and wherefore vice a man because a man cannot be shown without acting so that these things no less than nature show a man whether he be good or evil now as to undress one's self and to dress one's self is easy so may we see it is with virtue and vice the young man is strong wherefore let us also become strong for the performance of good actions the young man has no wrinkle therefore neither should we have the young man wavers not nor is he easily taken with diseases therefore neither should we be observe here how he calls this realizing of virtue this bringing of it into being from nothing a creation but what was not that other former creation after god no in no wise but after the devil he is the sole creator of sin how is this for man is created henceforth not of water nor of earth but in righteousness and holiness of truth what is this he straightway created him he means to be a son for this takes place from baptism this it is which is the reality in righteousness and holiness of truth there was of old a righteousness there was likewise a holiness with the jews yet was that righteousness not in truth but in figure for the being clean in body was a type of purity not the truth of purity was a type of righteousness not the truth of righteousness in righteousness saith he and holiness which are of truth and this expression is used with reference to falsehood for many there are who to them that are without seem to be righteous yet are false now by righteousness is meant universal virtue for hearken to christ how he saith except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven and again he is called righteous who has no charge against him for so even in the courts of justice we say that that man is righteous who has been unrighteously treated and has not done unrighteously in return if therefore we also before the terrible tribunal shall be able to appear righteous one towards another we may meet with some loving-kindness toward god indeed it is impossible we should appear so whatever we may have to show for everywhere he overcometh in what is righteous as the prophet also saith that thou mightest prevail when thou comest into judgment but if we violate not what is righteous towards each other then shall we be righteous if we shall be able to show that we have been treated unrighteously then shall we be righteous how does he say to them who are already clothed put on he is now speaking of that clothing which is from life and good works before the clothing was from baptism whereas now it is from the daily life and from works 
no longer after the lust of deceit, but after God. But what means the word holy? It is that which is pure, that which is due. Hence also we use the word of the last duty in the case of the departed, as much as to say, I owe them nothing further, I have nothing else to answer for. Thus it is usual for us to say, I have acquitted myself of all obligations, and the like, meaning, I owe nothing more. Moral. Our part, then, is never to put off the garment of righteousness, which also the prophet calls the garment of salvation, that so we may be made like unto God. For he indeed hath put on righteousness. This garment let us put on. Now the word put on plainly declares nothing else than that we should never at all put it off. For hear the prophet where he saith, He clothed himself also with cursing as with his garment, and it came into his inward parts. And again, Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment? And again, it is usual with us to speak concerning men, such an one has put on such an one. So then it is not for one day, nor for two, nor for three, but he would have us ever arrayed in virtue, and never stripped of this garment. For a man is not so disfigured when he is stripped of his clothing, as when he is stripped of his virtue. In the former case his fellow-servants behold his nakedness, in the latter his lord and the angels. If ever thou happen to see any one going out naked through the public square, tell me, art thou not distressed? When then thou goest about stripped of this garment, what shall we say? Seest not those beggars whom we are wont to call strollers, how they roam about, how we pity even them? And yet, nevertheless, they are without excuse. We do not excuse them when they have lost their clothes by gaming. And how then, if we lose this garment, shall God pardon us? For whenever the devil sees a man stripped of his virtue, he straightway disguises and disfigures his face, and wounds him, and drives him to great straits. Let us strip ourselves of our riches, that we be not stripped of righteousness. The garb of wealth mars this garment. It is a robe of thorns. Thorns are of this nature, and the more closely they are wrapped around us, the more naked are we made. Lasciviousness strips us of this garment, for it is a fire, and the fire will consume this garment. Wealth is a moth, and as the moth eats through all things alike, and spares not even silken garments, so does this also. All these, therefore, let us put off, that we may become righteous, that we may put on the new man. Let us keep nothing old, nothing outward, nothing that is corrupt. Virtue is not toilsome, she is not difficult to attain. Dost thou see them that are in the mountains? They forsake both houses and wives and children, and all preeminence, and shut themselves away from the world, and clothe themselves in sackcloth, and strew ashes beneath them. They wear collars hung about their necks, and have pent themselves up in a narrow cell. 
nor do they stop here but tortured themselves with fastings and continual hunger did i now enjoin you to do the like would ye not all start away would ye not say it is intolerable but no i say not that we must needs do anything like this i would fain indeed that it were so still i lay down no law what then enjoy thy baths take care of thy body and throw thyself freely into the world and keep a household have thy servants to wait on thee and make free use of thy meats and drinks but everywhere drive out excess for that it is which causes sin and the same thing whatever it be if it becomes excessive becomes a sin so that excess is nothing else than sin for observe when anger is excited above what is meet then it rushes out to insult then it commits every sort of injury so does inordinate passion for beauty for riches for glory or for anything else and tell me not that indeed those of whom i spoke were strong for many far weaker and richer and more luxurious than thou art have taken upon themselves that austere and rugged life and why speak i of men damsels not yet twenty years old who have spent their whole time in inner chambers and in a delicate and effeminate mode of life in inner chambers full of sweet ointments and perfumes reclining on soft couches themselves soft in their nature and rendered yet more tender by their overindulgence who all the day long have had no other business than to adorn themselves to wear jewels and to enjoy every luxury who never waited on themselves but had numerous handmaids standing beside them who wore soft raiment softer than their skin fine linen and delicate who revelled continually in roses and such like sweet odours yea these very ones in a moment seized with christ's flame have put off all that indolence and even their very nature have forgotten their delicateness and youth and like so many noble wrestlers have stripped themselves of that soft clothing and rushed into the midst of the contest and perhaps i shall appear to be telling things incredible yet nevertheless are they true these then these very tender damsels as i myself have heard have brought themselves to such a degree of severe training that they will wrap the coarsest horsehair about their naked bodies and go with those tender souls unsandaled and will lie upon a bed of leaves nay more that they watch the greater part of the night and that they will take no heed of perfumes nor of any other of their old delights but will even let their head once so carefully dressed go without special care with the hair just plainly and simply bound up so as not to fall into unseemliness and their only meal is in the evening a meal not even of herbs nor of bread but of flour and beans and pulse and olives and figs they spin without intermission and labour far harder than their handmaids at home what more they will take upon them to wait upon women who are sick carrying their beds and washing their feet nay many of them even cook 
so great is the power of the flame of christ so far does their zeal surpass their very nature however i demand nothing like this of you seeing ye have a mind to be outstripped by women yet at least if there be any tasks not too laborious at least perform these restrain the rude hand and the incontinent eye what is there tell me so hard what so difficult do what is just and right wrong no man be ye poor or rich shopkeepers or hired servants for unrighteousness may extend even to the poor or see ye not how many broils these engage in and turn all things upside down marry freely and have children paul also gave charge to such to such he wrote is that struggle i spoke of too great and the rock too lofty and its top too nigh into heaven and art thou unable to attain to such a height at least then lay hold on lesser things and aim at those which are lower hast thou not courage to get rid of thine own riches at least then forbear to seize on the things of others and to do them wrong art thou unable to fast at least then give not thyself to self-indulgence art thou unable to lie upon a bed of leaves still prepare not for yourselves couches inlaid with silver but use a couch and coverings formed not for display but for refreshment not couches of ivory make thyself small why fill thy vessel with overwhelming cargoes if thou be lightly equipped thou shalt have nothing to fear no envy no robbers no liars in wheat for indeed thou art not so rich in money as thou art in cares thou aboundest not so much in possessions as in anxieties and in perils which bring in many temptations and lust these things they endure who desire to gain great possessions i say not minister unto the sick yet at least bid thy servant do it seest thou then how that this is no toilsome task no for how can it be when tender damsels surpass us by so great a distance let us be ashamed of ourselves i entreat you for in worldly matters to be sure we in no point yield to them neither in wars nor in games but in the spiritual contest they get the advantage of us and are the first to seize the prize and soar higher like so many eagles whilst we like jackdaws are ever living in the steam and smoke for truly is it the business of jackdaws and of greedy dogs to be setting one's thoughts upon caterers and cooks hearken about the women of old they were great characters great women and admirable such were sarah rebecca rachel deborah and hannah and such there were also in the days of christ yet did they in no case outstrip the men but occupied the second rank and now it is the very contrary women outstrip and eclipse us how contemptible what a shame is this we hold the place of the head and are surpassed by the body we are ordained to rule over them not merely that we may rule but that we may rule in goodness also for he that ruleth ought especially to rule in this respect 
by excelling in virtue whereas if he is surpassed he is no longer ruler perceive ye how great is the power of christ's coming how he dissolved the curse for indeed there are more virgins than before among women there is more modesty in those virgins and there are more widows no woman would lightly utter so much as an unseemly word wherefore then tell me dost thou use filthy speech for tell me not that they were virgins in despondency or despair the sex is fond of ornament and it has this failing yet even in this you husbands surpass them who pride yourselves even upon them as your own proper ornament for i do not think that the wife is so ostentatious of her own jewels as the husband is of those of his wife he is not so proud of his own golden girdle as he is of his wife's wearing jewels of gold so that even of this you are the causes who light the spark and kindle up the flame but what is more it is not so great a sin in a woman as in a man thou art ordained to regulate her in every way thou claimest to have the preeminence show her then in this also that thou takest no interest in this costliness of hers by thine own apparel it is more suitable for a woman to adorn herself than for a man if then thou escape not the temptation how shall she escape it they have moreover their share of vainglory but this is common to them with men they are in a measure passionate and this again is common to them with men but as to those things wherein they excel these are no longer common to them with men their sanctity i mean their fervency their devotion their love towards christ wherefore then one may say did paul exclude them from the teacher's seat and here again is a proof how great a distance they were from the men and that the women of those days were great for tell me while paul was teaching or peter or those saints of old had it been right that a woman should intrude into the office whereas we have gone on till we have come so debased that it is a worthy question why women are not teachers so truly have we come to the same weakness as they these things i have said not from any desire to elate them but to shame ourselves to chastise and to admonish us that so we may resume the authority that belongs to us not inasmuch as we are greater in size but because of our foresight our protection of them and our virtue for thus shall the body also be in the order which befits it when it has the best head to rule and god grant that all both wives and husbands may live according to his good pleasure that we may all in that terrible day be counted worthy to enjoy the loving-kindness of our master and to attain those good things which are promised in jesus christ our lord with whom to the father together with the holy ghost be glory might and honour now and for ever and ever amen End of homily thirteen